to Children's Church at this time. We are going to continue looking uh, just for a couple more weeks at uh, the vital signs, uh, the ways that we can tell if we are thriving spiritually or if we're on decline. So last week we talked about the vital sign of adaptability, the ability to adapt to our environment. We talked about how the scripture says there is a big picture and God has put the ability for us to sense it within us that we cannot see that complete picture uh, because of our limitations, how there is beauty in all things and that God makes the vile things beautiful if you will let them. And so uh, in that, we were just discussing that uh, in order for us to adapt to the darkness of the world and the things that change around us, that's what it takes to move forward with joy, with that proper focus. So this week, what we're going to do is we're going to look at the topic of resiliency. Now, the human body, life in general, but the human body is extremely resilient. We have an ability to bounce back, to repair uh, we have a, a, a drive to fight, to survive, to stay alive, if you will. Um, when someone is ill, their recovery can often be tied to uh, their resiliency. Whether they, uh, want to, they want to be healed, they want to overcome, they want to be restored or, or not. I have seen, we have had people uh, in the church recently who have had broken bones, uh, fractured hips, things like that. And whenever I visit them, you can see in the eyes, they're there to fight. They aren't, they're not going to put up with where they are. This is not where they want to be, and they have it in their mind that they're going to move forward and uh, uh, change things, and that's great. But we also, if we are not resilient, we actually have the ability to will ourselves to death. I'm not going to go into a story, but I've had that happen in, in my family where, where you just stop. You're no longer resilient. You, you just succumb. You, you give up. So when we are talking about this uh, concept of resiliency, we are talking about that ability to bounce back. Have you ever, have you ever seen a stump or a, a cross-section of a tree? And you can look in there, and with each ring uh, is a different year. But in those rings, you can read stories. You can see the years of drought. You can see where it didn't have enough water. You can see the years of plenty played out in the rings. You can see where fire has damaged it and it was resilient, came back. The damage is still there, but it continued growing beyond it. It's, a, it, it's amazing. When I was a little kid and I went to um, uh, uh, camp, church camp, we would go in the summers and there was a, well, we didn't have tire swings. We had the old wooden swings because I'm, I'm that old, right? The wooden plank with the two holes and the rope that comes down. It's got the, the, the two big knots on the bottom to keep you fallen off, and it went up and wrapped around the tree. Well, it had been put up there uh, probably 20 years before I had started going to that camp, and the rope went up and disappeared. It had been tied 20 years earlier when the tree was smaller, and as the tree grew, the tree was not going to put up with none of that rope nonsense, and it just decided to eat the rope. It grew over the rope so that when you looked up, all you saw was a branch and two ropes coming down out of it. I remember that as a kid thinking how amazing it is that life, now I'm going to quote Jurassic Park, you know, life finds a way. But there is, it is true. Life doesn't let things get in its way. It's going to accomplish what it is going to accomplish. It's extremely resilient. So for us spiritually, does our spiritual life show a resiliency? 
to the world that we live in? Does it show a resiliency to the struggles that we face? Do we have the will to spiritually not only survive, but to go beyond that and actually thrive? So let's start in Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. Paul there writes to Titus, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age, waiting for the blessed hope, the appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. That passage, go back and read that later. Because that is a passage of resiliency. Paul talks about how, how Satan has, has darkened the world and Christ has come to break that darkness, to bring life back into it. And when I read that, this is the picture that popped up in my head. I probably didn't need to put the picture up there because as you drove in, I'm sure you witnessed this happening in our parking lot. Uh, the huge crevices in the parking lot. Uh, anytime you have a crack in asphalt or in concrete, you inevitably find plants that are coming up through it. What, what amazes me is whenever they, whenever they put down a parking lot or a road, it, it's not just the layer you see. It, there's a thick layer of concrete. There's a thick layer of asphalt that is out there. But underneath that, there is sand. There is rock. There, I mean, it, it is built to last. And you always, no matter where you go, see this. Some small blade of grass, some small plant found a recess inside of it, an imperfection, and it begins to grow. Just like that tree that wouldn't let the rope stay stand in its way, it was going to grow. Man, these plants, amazing, tiny little seeds. They just, they'll rip it up. They'll destroy a road. They'll destroy a parking lot. They, they, and you watch, and, and given long enough, it will come and take back over everything. So I thought about that passage we read to Titus where he talks about how, how Christ has come to redeem us. And, and I get this imagery, right, that the world, you have the Garden of Eden, this lush place filled with, with, with greenery and flowers and beauty, and things are amazing. There is no sin. And then sin enters the world, and Satan, he, he paves over the entire creation with sin. And so everything that was alive now dies. It's hidden from the light. It is black. The pitch darkness is over everything. He paved over this creation with sin. But Christ came and planted life into it. Why? Because he wanted us to change it back to go and become once again that which we were before sin to be resilient to not allow things to be the way they are and so Paul tells us that we are to conform to God's plan 
And that's where this change begins. God wants us to break through the sin and the darkness, as Christ did when he as the light came into this world. So let's examine resiliency a little closer. Resiliency, man, you cannot be resilient if you first do not begin with defiance. Now, defiance, that's, that's one of those fun words that uh, almost completely has uh, an entirely negative connotation. I remember being a kid, if I disobeyed my dad, I was going to get punished. I can remember if I disrespected my dad, I was going to get punished. But if my dad ever said, you have defied me, I was in a world of hurt. For whatever reason, defiance, actively working against him was the... That is, that is the greatest of offenses. People hurting us, that's one thing. But people intentionally coming after us and defying us is something we cannot tolerate. And the Bible talks a lot about that, how we are, are not to defy God. We are not to defy His will, not to defy His plan. And there is punishment for that. But in a world that is covered in darkness, in the pitch pavement of sin... You and I, we cannot bounce back to what God made us to be if we do not stand in defiance to the way the world currently is. We have to find ourselves defiant to the enemy. We do not accept Satan's plan for this world. We do not accept Satan's plan for our families. We do not accept Satan's plan for our life. He defy him we make our stand and just like those plants when we defy we begin to break through we begin to break its power I'm going to read we're going to have the scriptures see them underneath their little thing there you got three scriptures I'm just going to read them in a row here we go Romans chapter 6 verse uh, 15 to 16 says what then Are we to sin because we are not under the law but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and after having done all to stand firm. We have to be unwilling to accept the way the world is. We have to be unwilling to allow sin a place in our life. We have to be unwilling to continue in sin when we have been redeemed by the blood of Christ. We have to be unwilling to defy God, instead defying the enemy. We are not to be changed. We are to be immovable. We are to stand our ground, standing firm, regardless of what may come. Christ, when he saw an entire world paved over in darkness, there was none breaking through 
Not one. Not, not one. The world 100% in darkness to Jesus was not a lost cause. A world 100% in darkness was not beyond redemption. And he came into this world and began to break its power. As you look around the world, maybe the world around you is getting darker. But in Christ, even if it went fully dark around you, there is still always hope. So we will not surrender to the enemy. We will not surrender to his plan. We will not give in regardless of whatever it costs us. That's a part of resiliency. I once was sinful. Now I am not. Once I was a slave. Now I am not. And when Satan tells me I'm worthless. I proclaim I have worth in Christ. I deny him. The only way that we bounce back to what God wanted for us from the beginning is that we first defy. But since we were once sinners, Christ, when he sets us free, has redeemed us and changed us and removed the stain. But the power of sin still reigns in this flesh. We know that the scripture tells us that very clearly, that we we can either walk according to the flesh or according to the spirit. If we live by the spirit, let us walk by the spirit. There's this constant uh, a dual nature inside of us, that which is God and that which is of the enemy, that which is of the flesh. It is warring within us. Even those of us who are saved, it is still there. And Satan, I'm telling you, has trained all of us from the moment of being children in how to fall. He knows our weaknesses, he knows our struggles, and he will use them against us. And so simply defying him is not enough. We cannot sit back and just say we're not going to sin anymore. We have to go and begin the process of reclamation. Finding the dark places in our hearts and our lives, the strongholds where Satan has reigned, where he thinks he still has power, and we must demolish them. We may be saved, but we are in the process of being sanctified, and that means being cleansed, being made holy. Just like the seeds that get dropped in the asphalt in a parking lot in a road. The seeds get scattered and they find the places where they can begin. And the seed begins to grow and destroy the dark places. If we do nothing, if, if, you, if nothing ever gets done with the parking lot, Nature will reclaim it. Every once in a while, I'll see uh, uh, on, on the internet, you'll see a, uh, it's always a slideshow, which is annoying, but they'll have this, this thing of, see the most deserted places in, in the world. And I'm, half of them are in China. I don't know why they build things and then, and then don't use them. But they have an entire uh, 
amusement park that they built in China, never opened it, never used it, never hired anyone. It just, it just sat and hasn't been used. They also did the exact same thing with um, a, a mall. They built this massive mall that was supposed to be one of the biggest malls in the world. Never opened a store. They show the pictures. These things are only 10 to 20 years old, and they look like Aztec ruins in South America. It's crazy. In just a decade or two, nature has begun to break apart that which we covered over and reclaim it for itself. So how does that apply to us? Let's read three more passages. Boom, boom, boom. Mark 4, 14. Jesus says the sower sows the word. What is he saying? The seed that is planted within you, that is planted within me, it is the word of God. When the word of God gets shared. And he, he actually uses a number of uh, different parables where he says the word is this seed that, that the sower is going. And he is scattering around and, and some places it grows well, some places it doesn't, some places it doesn't grow at all. That's not the point. The point is the word is the seed that is being scattered into your life. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid of speaking the truth to people who do not want to hear it or who do not believe it because that asphalt out there does not want to be destroyed, but those seeds are breaking it up. When you scatter the seeds of the Word, you are creating in people who may not even want it the possibility that their darkness be broken. So he says, the sower sows the Word. Hosea 10, 12, sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap steadfast love. Break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord that he may come and rain righteousness upon you. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. What is the weapon of our warfare? Who can tell me? What is the sword of the Spirit? The only weapon we carry, everything else in the armor of God, everything is defensive except one thing, which is the sword of the Spirit. What is it? The Word of God. It is the Word of God that breaks apart the strongholds. It demolishes the arguments. It tears it all down. It breaks apart the filth. So we allow the Word to sink into the darkness. We gather and we study and we pray and we read. Not because, we're not gathered here this morning as Christians because we are trying to save ourselves. We are here this morning to have the word implanted upon our heart and have it watered by the heavenly Father to grow and to sprout and to destroy the darkness in us. That's why we're here. Let life reclaim your heart. Let it break up that ground, as Hosea said. Let life come back in and grow once again. I love that ending right there. 
because it says, you know what, in your mind, there are still lies of the enemy. You're not worthy. You're not good enough. You can't do it. Even the Bible says there's no one righteous. Yeah. Yeah. But I have the spirit of God in me. I have the power of God inside of me. I have been declared righteous. I have been declared holy. I have been made new. And so it is the word. As the thoughts come through, sinful thoughts, whatever it is, I now by the power of God and by his word am able to grab them and reclaim my mind for God again. I can reclaim my heart for him again. No more does it have to be given. But get ready. Satan does not like to be defined. But worse than defying, he doesn't like losing that which he thinks is his. And when you decide that you are going to defy him and sin no more, you're not going to listen and follow his plan. But not only that, you begin to take back your life and your mind and your heart from him. He is going to be enraged and he is going to come after you. And that's why in order to be resilient, you have to have this third thing, which is this tenacity. I, I mean, I, that's a fantastic word. Absolutely. Tenacity. You have got to be ready to fight. Health is a fight. Life is a fight. I get sick. My body goes fighting. I want to eat. I've got to go fight the earth. I want justice. I've got to fight for it. Everything in life that's worth having comes because we have to fight for our health. We have to fight for our life. We have to fight for our existence. And spiritually now, we have got to be willing to fight for that which is right. We do not slow down. We are not to stop. In the pastoral epistles, the pastoral letters, the 1st, 2nd Timothy and in Titus, Paul, when he's giving instructions to his direct disciples, he says to them, he uses this phrase, fight of faith. Look, listen, here we go. 2nd Thessalonians, let's start there, three passages, 3.13. As for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness and godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Do not overcome. Do not be overcome by evil. But overcome evil with good. The fight of faith is the realization, the reality, the seriousness of understanding that it is not enough in this life that we merely stand against sin, that we simply, we simply defy sin. It isn't that we simply try to stay away from sin. It is not just focusing and obeying the thou shalt nots. It is also obeying the thou shalt's. 
It is not enough to not be overcome by evil. We have to fight to overcome the evil with good. Because I'm going to tell you, Jesus was about both. It wasn't only that he was here so that he didn't sin. He overcame evil. He overcame death and has given that power to you. Forgiveness. That's a fight. Do you realize that? That's a fight. Sin comes against me. Someone sins against me. They hurt me. What is my tendency? What is my desire? To turn around and hurt them back. Probably to do the exact same thing to them. Or if they're stronger than me, find someone weaker than me and do the exact same thing to them. If I'm yelled at, I want to yell. If I'm hit, I want to strike. That is our nature. Fighting. Forgiveness is fighting. It's not that we just won't do evil. It is that we do good. I'm not just going to ignore that you have sinned against me. I'm going to actively cleanse you from it. I'm going to forgive you your debt. All of Christianity is about the fight to reclaim this world and the people in it. To help them see if they will just allow the word to break up the darkness They can find the life growing up within them. And all of this, the ultimate goal of resiliency is restoration. The goal is restoration. We might use another word for restoration, which would be healing. If I break a my bone in my arm. My body does not say to itself, well, that arm was nice while it wasn't broken. Good job. No. My body does not accept it. It is not okay with it. It does not like it. My body defies the break. And even if I don't set it correctly, My body is going to find a way to put these two broken pieces of bone back together. Whether it's workable after or not is irrelevant. The body is going to fix it. The body is going to reclaim that bone. It's going to reclaim the use of that arm. It wants to return itself to the way it is supposed to be. And it fights. Our body has an entire system whose job is to fight for health, for life. And the ultimate goal is to restore that bone back to full health and use. But here's where, here's where it diverges from the spiritual. The, the physical, this restoration, this healing, here's where it diverges from the spiritual. If I break my bone and it heals, and I mean it heals perfectly, if I go in and I have an x-ray of it, guess what they will see? They'll see where it mended. They'll be able to see it. It's right there. If I cut myself and my body heals, 
you will know that I cut myself. Why? There will be a scar. My body, when it restores, is only able to restore use. It cannot fully restore. But in Christ, the restoration that we find is full and complete. It is not the healing of wounds as we think of in the body. It is the removal of the injury. God says, I will remember your sins no more. There's a big difference between my committing a crime and dad comes in and pays, pays my, my penalty. Okay? Dad paid the penalty. I, I, I didn't pay it. I committed the crime. But you know what? It's on my record. So, okay, the penalty may be taken away. The guilt may be done away with, but I still carry the record. What God does for us is he expunges us. And I know the lawyers, I, you guys just got to always pull me aside and tell me when I get law wrong. As I understand it, when something is expunged, it is as if the crime never happened. Not that it happened and was paid for, that it never happened. There's no record. We are not to carry in our bodies the wounds. Christ carries in his body the wounds. The healing he offers is full and complete restoration. As if it never happened. Colossians 1, 19-22, here's our three passages. For in him, that is Jesus, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Through him to reconcile to himself all things whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him, above reproach without accusation. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe every tear away from their eye and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. Christianity is resiliency. God has given us the power through the blood of Jesus to reclaim, reclaim life, to stand against the enemy. He has given us the weapons with which to fight for ourselves, to defend ourselves. And ultimately, he has given us the power and the right to be everything he intended from the beginning. looking for people who will overcome. Christianity is overcoming. It's about rising above. It's about reclaiming restoration. 
It's about being conquerors. It's about the dead coming to life, the lost being found, the blind seeing, the lame jumping. That's all it's about. And so Christ offers that invitation to you this morning. I want to read this as the invitation. Revelation 21.7. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. That invitation is there asking you, are you ready to defy the enemy? Are you ready to destroy the darkness? All you have to do is respond. If the seed of the word of truth has sprouted, do not hide it. Let it begin its work. Let's stand as we sing.